I position it as, hey, do you remember when you were looking at us? What are some of the things that you wish you knew or had heard or content that you had? Alrighty, folks, welcome to another episode of the State of Customer Storytelling Podcast. One quick caveat here, we actually had to re-record my audio, which is what I'm doing right now, because we had a technical issue while recording. The good news is we were able to keep all of our fantastic guest Maria's audio. Just the FRI, we're mixing you know, some audio from the original interview with my re-recorded answers. And yeah, just a heads up there, should sound pretty good, but wanted to uh, let people know. Today on the show, we have a fantastic guest, Maria Braun, Director of Client Advocacy at Daily Pay. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you, thanks for having me. Absolutely, and first and foremost, if I'm a B2B company, why does customer advocacy matter so much, especially you know today in the world we live in? Sure, yeah. So I think there's a couple different ways to look at it. Number one, brand identity. You know, we we focus so much on creating materials that are about the organization that we forget to take into effect what a customer actually thinks. We all want to know, like, what restaurant does your friend recommend? Who's been where? What did they like? What did they didn't like? And, and it's true, honest feedback. So for us, we're really looking for those customer stories. Like the voice of the customer is kind of a, a new a new play, I think, in customer marketing, but it really truly is getting back down to basics. Let's just hear what the customer has to say. Let's put them full front. Let's make sure that our prospects are hearing it. And it just builds this genuine brand identity that what our customers are saying is exactly what our marketing is saying. Um, so it's a little bit of a, of a different spin where we tr- we allow the customer to drive that marketing and then product marketing gets involved and all that fun stuff. But I do, I, I think a lot of it has to do with identity. Um, I mean, retention, obviously, sales loves it. They're able to say, hey, listen, listen to this person and vice versa. But I think going out to the market and the market saying, wow, everything that I've heard or I've read about daily pay is actually from their users and their customers. And where do you see customer stories you know, fitting into that larger you know, customer advocacy, customer marketing umbrella, in your opinion, you know, even maybe, you know, more than that, if it's, you know, actually helping with product insights or the like. Listening from a customer affects everybody, right? Your product folks are like, wait a minute, they're using it how? Your client success people are able to put them onto this pedestal. So that's building a better relationship with them. But then even from like a marketing standpoint, you start to hear where are they driving our product? Where are they seeing the future? Is that what we need to start looking at? Are there different industries that we need to be focusing in on? And that's all coming from just simply having a conversation with a customer on how they're using your service or your product. Um, and, And again, when you start doing, if I'm a prospect and I'm looking through your material and all I'm seeing are conversations with your customers, I'm gonna now know that you saying, hey, we love feedback from our cut. That's true, because everything that they're reading about is being created and populated by, by your customers. So true. And I think it, the other thing is, yeah, these customer stories, they just cut through the noise you know, so much better, right? And then, of course, as you said, you know, building that trust and that credibility 
you know, if I'm a buyer, that gives me, you know, a lot more confidence, you know, and helps me actually, you know, make my decision easier. Oh, sure. Because you've now you've already built a network, right? So you come into that that new service or product, whatever it is, we'll, we'll use daily pay, right? So I'm now a customer of daily pay. I already know that there's a network of people. I could say to my client success manager, hey, can I talk to somebody in this industry about how what challenges they're doing, they're seeing, and how they're getting over it? You already have these people at your fingertips. And that's what they're going to expect also. So whatever you put out there, you have to know that people are going to test you on it. They're going to come in through that sales process and say, this is great, give me more. And then as clients or during refer or, uh, renewal time, they're going to be like, well, let me talk to other people. What type of, re- of expectations did they have and what were those results? Um, so you got you got to be careful when you say, I'm going to have this from you know, voice of the customer. You got to make sure that you've got those folks in your stable to, to bring out. And let's roll back a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your experience. You know, what is your background, you know, and how did you get to the place that you are today? My journey has always involved relationship building. So whether that was sitting as a client success manager, running an onboarding team, and now, you know, being able to kind of take that experience and run an advocacy team, it it all comes down to, I learned at a really early age from my dad, relationship building. It is key. He used to say to us all the time, walk away from a conversation where that person told you more than you told them, because that's a relationship, right? You you can't just always say, oh, let me tell you customer how to do this. Um, you want to understand where they are. I mean, we're therapists as client success managers. We truly are. Um, and And we have to be on their side at certain times. Other times we have to back it up. That's always been kind of my shining star is that relationship building. And, and it really has. It's taken me from early days of telecom, way before there was Zoom, and audio and web conferencing was just starting to make its way, um, to email marketing, which is what I had been in prior to, to joining Daily Pay. I'm loving it because there's different, there's different versions of advocacy and every role that somebody plays in an organization. Customer marketing really was just kind of like that next iteration on my, on my career journey. And I'm loving it. When we're thinking about getting the opportunity to amplify the customer voice, how do you think about navigating through all the different you know, stakeholders you know, involved in that, uh, be it, you know, customer success uh, or, you know, whoever it may be, you know, how do you sort of navigate that that puzzle to actually bring these stories to life? It is an interesting game. It's a, it's a dance, right? I think leaning back into that relationship piece, this is, this is what I lean on, right, is I really try to figure out what are the goals of the stakeholders? Not advocacy, but what are their goals? What do they need to be able to accomplish in that quarter, that six months, that year? That helps me get into their into their thought processes. I understand they've got to get this done, this done. So that may not allow me to say, hey, I want to redo the reference program, right? So it's understanding what their goals are and then get to know who they are as a person. Do they like email? Do they like Slack? How do they like to communicate? 
that way, when they do see a Slack from you or they do see an email from you, they're like, oh, she gets me, (laughs) right? Again, it's that relationship. I used to do the same thing with my clients. I would get to know who they were, what big things they had on their plate, maybe some politics that were happening behind the curtain so that when you are making that ask or you're introducing something you're already aware of, hey, by the way, we're going to be introducing this new program. I understand you have this and this going on. So our timing is going to interweave at this point. If I'm somebody that's listening to that, I'm appreciative of the fact that, A, you took the minute to understand what's on my plate, and now I want to be more of a partner of yours. They understand that advocacy is important, but they're thinking, but that's your project. Like, you're in charge of that. I just want to benefit from the referrals, the reference calls, the case studies. So it's how, how do we work together as partners is understanding not only how advocacy is going to benefit them, but maybe how that's going to help them with their goals and their objectives that they need to be able to accomplish. Not everybody's going to love each other. Let's face it. We're all adults. We all have our, our quirky sides. We are either going to be bought into something or not bought into something. But I think having a, a clear understanding of who they are and how they work is going to be one, one way to get around maybe some of the, the bristle that you might find when they, when they see a uh, meeting invite come their way. <laughs> so true. And any other tips around you know, how to sort of make the ask to customers as well as kind of you know, big tips for customer success and you know, working with customer success? Yeah, I mean, listen, when, you, when you're asking a, a customer to do something for you, I always try to evaluate or I always try to position it as what else do you have on your plate? So if I'm talking to a client success manager, I'm like, hey, I really want to talk to Susie from ABC Company. The first thing I'm going in with is what's going on with them right now? As far as not are they happy with us, all that good stuff, but what's happening within their organization are they going to have the time for this? Am I asking them at the wrong time? Again, not their feelings towards daily pay, but what else is happening? We deal with a lot of HR and payroll folks. So we have to be really careful about when we make those asks, right? If there's open enrollment, if, the, if it's season time, seasonal time, those might not be the times I'm going to go in and say, hey, can I do a three-part series of, of interviews with these partners, right? So It's always understanding what's happening to that other person before you make that ask. It takes the CSM a moment to say, oh, sweet, you're actually thinking about my customer and you're thinking about the timing before I have to tell you it's not a good time. Um, And and that's, you know, that kind of goes back to your stakeholder question, right? It's stakeholders are all, it's everybody that touches the customer and it's the customer themselves. Um, So it's you got to be really careful when you position that ask to have done your research on what's happening in their lives right then and there. I'm wondering, do you have any stories to share? Uh, maybe, you know, anecdotes or stories about something that you learned related to, you know, customer success, customer marketing in that, you know, collaboration? Yeah. So I, I joke with when I first started at Daily Pay, which I, I just started at the end of November, and I was coming fresh off of... Um, doing a little bit of product marketing and, and advocacy at my in my past role. And I joked with the client success folks here at Daily Pay and said, 
listen, I, I know the secret handshake. I was you guys. I also managed a lot of our top strategic accounts. I had a pretty large client success base. So I was protective. I understood everybody wanted to talk to Verizon. I got it. So having that out front kind of took the elephant out of the room. Gave him a little bit of my resume, right, without saying like, listen, I've never had a client churn because I asked them if they could give us a reference. Like, clients aren't going to churn for that reason, right? They may say no to you, but they're never going to be like, that's it. I'm done with you guys. I'm never going to work with you again. So I think it's really key to lay out what your plans are, where you see your advocacy program, whether you're building it completely brand new. So you want to start fresh and simple with just, hey, if you were to give me five of your top customers, who would they be and why? Doesn't mean I'm going to talk to them, but why would you qualify them as being somebody that would be important for us to have as part of our advocacy program? To then even if it's a senior situation where we already have an advocacy program set up, it's where are they on that ladder? Are they just doing reference calls and they're ready to be promoted up? Um, can I sit in on QBRs and just even listen to them and hear their excitement for our product and our features? Or, um, you know, can I even have a speaking opportunity within that QBR to just say, hey, I'm here if you're ever interested? Because they might be somebody that's teetering on, maybe I want to be a speaker. Maybe I want to build my brand a little bit. Those are things that I might hear more than a client success manager because they're, you know, let's face it, they're they're chasing the renewal. They're making sure that that customer is happy. They're looking at other signals. I'm looking more at what is their reaction to, would you ever want to be a speaker one day? They're not necessarily asking those questions. It's, it's not, I wouldn't expect them to, right? I never did. I, I was always, you know, are you happy? Everything good? What's going on? How can we make this bigger and better for you? And didn't necessarily always go the advocacy slant. Um, unless I knew there was something big coming up, then I would start to, to tee it up. Because you always wanted to be the client success manager that would have the, the clients that were ready for everything. Because that shows the organization that you are super close with your partner or your customer that you're willing to put them up for anything. And, and you know that they'll say yes to it. Um, so it always kind of, you know, looked, it looked good that you had that base of customers that were ready to talk for you. And how about for customers, you know, getting customers to, you know, agree to help produce customer stories, you know, any sort of tips or perspective, how do you go about approaching them to actually participate in, in those sorts of things? I position it as, hey, do you remember when you were looking at us? What are some of the things that you wish you knew or had heard or content that you had, right? So it brings them back to that journey, that buyer's mindset of, oh, man, you know what? You're right. I wish when I was looking at you guys or comparing you against somebody else that I had this or that. Then you go in for it. That's awesome. Would you actually want to help provide that for us? Like, could we right a wrong <laughs> and get you to actually help us produce some of that material? And what it makes them think about is, yeah, how would I help my tribe out, my community, right? So many customers, like myself, in, in my role, 
you're part of a community, right? You're asking your community, hey, what did you guys think about this product or that product? Um, have you had success when you uh, worked with this software? All those questions are, are all of those questions and answers are happening outside of your four walls, right? And that didn't used to happen. <laughs> I've been in this for a long time. It used to be your competitor. I'm not sharing with you. Now everybody wants to share. It makes them look smart and innovative if they've got a product that nobody had heard of. So it brings them back to that moment of, gosh, somebody did ask me about this one time and I told them that they should look into this. I wonder how that worked out, right? Because at one point or another, you're going to be asking that question again. Hey, I'm interested in buying this. What do you guys think? And if they can produce the material or you find from that vendor that material, it makes it easier. So flip it on them. Ask them if there was one thing that you wish that we had when you were making the buying decision, what would it be? And then you're like, what do you think? Do you want to help us with this? And they're either going to say yes or no, but it at least provides you a gap too of something that you didn't realize you might be missing. And you might have somebody else who's willing to, to speak to it, but they're now feeling like, okay, you want my input. I don't necessarily have to go on the record for it, but I can at least provide you some ideas of what you guys could produce. And then you have some fun with it. Show it to them afterwards. Hey, listen, this was your idea. Thank you for doing this. Because of you, we closed X amount of deals. Or because of you and your idea, our sales folks are like indebted to you. Um, it makes them feel good. I mean, I would want that. Yeah, I would want it. I'd be like, yeah, I'll talk to you. It's it's a mind trick, right? Where we, again, I, not to keep harping on it, but when you're a client success manager and even when you're in customer marketing, you're listening to what your customer is saying, but then you're also picking up on, oh, they were excited about that when we talked about it versus when I showed them a new feature that was coming, right? Like you, you got to pick up what are their areas of interest, and then slowly exploit those. <laughs> and with different customers having, you know, different activities that might be a better fit for advocacy, how do you think about that? I had an interesting situation. This was um, several years ago where we had offered up, uh, we, we did these really cool email marketing events um, and we'd have three speakers, different companies on a stage, completely interactive, casual networking. And I asked one of our customers, hey, could you come on, show some, show a few examples? And she was down for it. But she said, you know what? I actually have somebody on my team that I'm growing and I'm mentoring. I want him to take it on. I want him to start learning how to be involved in these events and how he can start taking over being the innovative one on our team. It builds him up, makes him feel important, and then it also shows that she is this mentor to him. And I thought that was the coolest thing, and he, he landed up being an amazing speaker, and I would, I, I've relied on him a, a few times since then, but it opened his eyes to, yeah, this is actually kind of fun. Yeah, I don't mind recording a testimonial for you guys. I mean, he was always willing to do that before, but this was a little bit more exciting for him because he's like, yeah, I'll speak on a webinar with you guys. He's like, He was so excited that he had that opportunity because it was somebody within his organization that said, hey, you should do this. He wasn't my main contact. She was. 
But she now introduced me to somebody else within the organization that landed up being an amazing advocate for us. Yeah, 100%. And I think there is a real benefit to advocates who participate and get to, you know, display their expertise and, you know, be held up as an example of, of best practices in their industry. You know, it really does get them out there from a, a personal professional brand perspective. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it's always fun to be, at least for me, it, it was always kind of fun for people to be like, oh, I remember when you said, and you're like, really? I wish my kids were that excited about it. But I think it's fun to share that knowledge and and to pick up ideas from other people within your industry, outside of your industry, to hear each other's struggles. Because, you know, sometimes you feel like you're on that island all by yourself. And you're the only one dealing with, gosh, I've got this stakeholder, really like them. They're just not giving me the time. How would I deal with it? There's so many new opportunities to reach out to a community that is willing to share that information. And so to be a part of that and to be able to share experiences or war stories or, hey, I tried this, don't do it. Um, (laughs) Or, you know, hey, I bought that product. I liked it. But don't forget when you're going through integration to think about this, this, and that, right? So it's not it's not a slight on the vendor. It's just a, hey, I learned from that. Do this, this, and this um, instead. I, I think is huge nowadays for, any, for anybody, whether you're just starting off your career, you've been in it for a while, or you're switching industries like I did. It's really important to keep your ears and your eyes open and join some communities and be a part of things whether you're just lurking in the back and, and gleaming all that information until you actually have something that you're like, oh, wait, I can contribute to this. I think it's vital. I really do. Absolutely. And in terms of just, you know, getting creative in campaigns, you know, curious, like, do you think there's an opportunity, you know, for us to just get as customer marketers, customer advocacy pros, to just get more creative with the kind of campaigns and, and such that we're doing. And, and how are you thinking about that? Yes, yes. We just did um, a fun series. We did this man on the street where we literally, um, God bless our, our, our sweet intern, went out onto the streets of New York and asked, hey, can I, can I ask you a few questions? So daily pays, we're unique, right? We offer on-demand pay. So your earned wages are available to you in between your pay periods. We have a lot of hourly workers in the quick service restaurant to nurses and manufacturing, right? So we kind of run the gamut. But asking people about their finances can be a little difficult, right? Nobody wants to be like, oh, I needed to take out $20 from my paycheck before I got it makes people think, well, you weren't managing your money, which is not the case at all. We heard some really interesting feedback. And how we took it was, if you ask a younger generation versus an older generation, or you ask one person in one industry versus another, you're going to have completely different insight. And it's okay to hear people say, no, I would never use that. Because then what it helps you say is, hmm, okay, maybe we're not positioning this the right way. Or those aren't the folks we need to share the love of daily pay with. Like we maybe we need to start changing our positioning a little bit and really focus in on the ability that we allow you 
to access your wage, but actually put it into savings before you get it. Maybe we need to highlight that type of focus on our on our product. But the only way you're going to get that is to open your ears to somebody saying, I would never use your product, <laughs> right? Like, why? And then understanding their background and saying, okay, well, then you're that, that's not our persona. That's not our person. So let's stop beating our heads against the wall thinking that it is. And let's switch and start working on something else. But let's also share that with our customers. So they're aware when they're offering, because we're a benefit. So when they're offering it to their employees, they know who to offer it to um, and who they shouldn't. So I, I think you got to take the, the bad with the good 100%. You know, product might think differently. Sales may think differently. But realistic when you get to that moment where the person says, I'm going to buy or not buy, they need to be able to see the full circle. Or they're going to have buyer's regret. And that's going to be more explosive. I, I'm a true and honest person. You're either going to like it or you're not going to like it. You're going to use it or you're not going to use it. But you should understand how it how it works um, completely before you purchase it. I'm curious to learn more about how you think about kind of setting priorities when it comes to customer stories and, and the strategic element. How do you think about, you know, prioritizing and, you know, what you want to do, which customers that you want to focus on first? So I am, um, my, my um, coworkers would always say, I'm the, I'm the dreamer, right? Let's go for the big and then we can melt it down if we need to. So I've always felt you get, you get one shot with the customer to have them on a call. So you start to, in your mind as you're preparing for that, you start to make out many versions of that conversation. You start to get little quotes from them, who they are, right? Like their past, what they want to accomplish. That's their bio. So if I ever want to use a quote from them and put in a cute little bio next to them, done. Then I start thinking about why'd you, why did you buy from us? Like ask those questions. That's your buyer journey information, right? I'm still having the same conversation with them, but I'm now creating all these little mini versions of my different initiatives, being able to get buyer journey information back to everybody, to be able to have quick quotes that we can use. Um, I've already accomplished that, right, with those two. And then I'm asking them the nitty gritty. How do we help you? What's the data? What have you seen? That's my case study. Where do you think we should go next? What's going to be the next adventure for you? What do you want to work on, whether you're using us or just in your career in general? That's for product, but it's also for me to say, you would be the perfect person to put on a stage and talk about how innovative you are, right? So in that hour or 45-minute conversation, I'm going to be able to pick and choose what I want. Because I might find at the end, they're like, I come into work every day, I get my payroll, I get my HR taken care of. They're in their box and they're happy. They may not be at my top tier, I'm going to put them on a stage. But darn, I got a great case study, or I got really good buyer information from them, or I got a quote. And I did it all in 45 minutes because I positioned the conversation. I was understanding of their time. I'm getting to know them as a person. So I can then say later, I really enjoyed our conversation. I've got a couple opportunities coming up. I would love for you to be a part of it. What do you think? Um, and, and now they're already feeling comfortable with me too, because we've had this conversation. And I didn't just go in for the case study. 
I went in for all the different pieces. That's how I prioritize it. And again, it's that goes back to client success. That goes back to I know that my QBR with them or my weekly touch point or my monthly touch point is the last thing they're thinking about. It's the biggest thing for me, but the last thing for them. I love that. And how about, you know, video specifically? How do you, you know, see the benefit in your opinion of, you know, customer video content, you know, maybe compared to more, you know, static, you know, written case studies? I I mean, listen, everybody, I mean, I'm going to sound so old, but you know, everybody's TikTok, YouTube, right? If I want to find out my daughter's moving into her dorm in a couple weeks, TikTok has all kinds of different ways, you know, here's what you need, here's what you don't need. I would rather read that or watch that than look at the checklist from our college because it, it just makes more sense to me. It's visual. It's quick. I can be doing other things while I'm listening to them. Um, I think, you know, written material is obviously still important, blogs, all of that good stuff. But I do like a good video because, <laughs> again, it's just you send that link to a, a prospect. Here's a quick interview that I had with this person or here's a reference because my poor Susie, I've tapped her 17 times in the last three months to do reference calls. And she's like, for the love of God, it, yes, I will do your video, right? And again, you've kind of talked her into doing the video because you've only given her two options, video or I keep calling you. She's going to say video because then I'm going to stop calling you. <laughs> Such a good point. And I think also there's just more credibility, you know, associated with video because, you know, for someone to put their, you know, their face and their, you know, voice in front of a product, it, you know, it takes a lot more than just signing off on a quote. And it's just, in, in many ways, it's just a, a much bigger uh, endorsement. Yeah, because the person who's watching it is thinking, wow, that wasn't just done in a day. Do you know what I mean? Like, there was coordination of schedules. There were questions that were prepared. There was the editing. The, you know, there's all these things. So if I'm watching it, I'm thinking... That person really, truly believes in daily pay or, or that product or feature that they're supporting. It just shows their dedication to your brand again. And you've got an array. You know, everybody learns differently. Everybody gathers information differently. You might have a, a prospect that's super interested in just written. They want white papers. Um, they want stats written down. That to them is their love language. Other people are like, if you've got videos, I'll watch those all day long. I I think you have to have a little bit of a mix of both. But I I think I know with us, we're starting to really lean in on these reference calls and recording them and having them available in a library. Our sales team is excited about it. I think until I can prove it to them, right, which is completely understandable. You know, they want to see it in action. They're so used to, oh, I just call somebody and we do a reference call together and, you know, that's how it works. Um, Well, maybe we just switch that around a little bit. Or you offer them both. Better to have both than none. And how about, you know, events? Because, you know, that can be a great time to, you know, capture a lot of videos in bulk. I'm curious, you know, what do you all do in terms of, um, you know, cabs and have you involved any you know video capture there in the past yeah we have um so we just recently um started a cab ours are ours is called pack which is our partner advisory council they're our guinea pigs 
right? So these are folks that have already said, 100%, I want to be involved in the future of daily pay. Yes, I want to help you with your roadmap. They, they've already bought in, right? We're just in the midst right now of planning ours um, for September, and we've got some folks that are, are flying in to see us. And we, uh, we took advantage of some of them, their flight schedules, right? Like it sounds silly, but they're coming in a little bit earlier than the, our evening reception. So we said, hey, can we steal like 45 minutes, put you on camera, record an interview, do a few things while you're here. And again, it's going to get all chopped up, right? So we're going to edit and make it so that one sounds like a reference call. The other piece of that is their buyer journey part, right? So there's all these different pieces that we're going to do during that one. Again, it's you got that one shot. Let's take advantage of it. And these are eight to 10 people that have already expressed we love your organization. We want to be a part of building it out. And they're also in different industries. So I have solved the dilemma that my salespeople are always looking for. I need somebody in manufacturing at this size, right? When we built Pack, um, I, I joke that it's almost like Noah's Ark. We took two, two, and two. Um, and we took two people from each of our, our prime industries and we put them together. Um, and, and we built out our Pack. So this way... I got a little bit of everything for my salespeople. Product is going to be over the moon because they're getting um, some intel. They love pack. And, and I'm helping the whole, the whole organization simply because somebody's coming in a little earlier than they anticipated um, to an event. So I think you just have to take advantage of what's in front of you. Staying close to your client success team on initiatives that they're working on. Maybe somebody was successful with an upsell and it was a fun story and they're like, hey, listen, they're prime and primed and ready to go. That's why, you know, again, you, you got you to gotta keep that tight relationship with your, with your client success and your sales folks. You know, our, our sales team is great at keeping up the relationship even after uh, we have somebody sign up, um, which is amazing. And, and you don't always see that. So you can kind of see it from both both directions, right? Sales has some good contacts that we can get in contact with, and then so does client success. So it's it's keeping those balls up in the air, for sure. Love that. And anything else to add, Maria, about you know customer advocacy, customer storytelling, or anything at all? Yeah, you know, I, I am a true believer that to get a great story, it's got to be an honest story. I know some people might disagree with this. You don't always have to have the household name that's in your stable of customers. Um, it's always great to go to a website and see the main names and all that good stuff. But actually hearing from maybe a smaller brand, because this is a huge investment for them. Um, and they may not have huge teams to work on this integration. Those are the stories I love to get. Those are, I would think, as a consumer... I want to hear that everyday story versus maybe a possible, oh, well, this might be more of a PR spin. You know, they were able to get this person because they're at this level. I think it has to be a true, authentic story. It would, would be my only, like, advice when you're starting to kick off, who do I talk to? Don't always be so dazzled by the big names. Really go for the folks that are just happy to be a part and, and we're able to find budget. <laughs> Right? Because let me tell you, if you continue to build up that relationship with them, 
they're going to be your strongest advocates when they actually, if they were to move to another organization, they're going to take you with them because you helped build their brand. You helped build them as a innovator within their own organization, more so than maybe somebody that it's expected that they have all these, you know, features and functionalities and products and software. It's expected at that level that they have all these things. But at a, at a lower um, level, you know, just kicking off in, in HR or payroll, this might be something completely new to them. And those are the people that honestly, when I was a client success manager, I loved spending more time with them because I felt like we were really partnering together. We were in that trench together. Um, working through their their problems and and seeing success and being able to celebrate it. Um, so don't be dazzled uh, would be my only advice. Yeah. That's a, such a good way to wrap it up. And where can folks get in touch with you or your company if they want to connect and learn more? Yeah. So I, I'm a chatter, as you can tell. Um, I've already told you how much I love relationships. So I love reaching out and meeting new people. I'm obviously on LinkedIn as Maria Braun. Um, and then Daily Pay, you can find us at dailypay.com. Um, I encourage everybody to go take a look. One thing that's super interesting about my role is Daily Pay is a B2B and a B2C. Um, so not only are we telling our partner stories, but we're also telling those, those user stories of how um, our partner's employees are utilizing Daily Pay. So we've got some really cool visions of both. And um, yeah, I, I encourage people to just go check it out at, at, out of curiosity. It's a really cool benefit. Yeah, dailypay.com. Fantastic. Well, this has been a blast, Maria. Thank you again uh, for coming on the show. Absolutely. It was great talking with you. <laughs>